Hey, happy Sunday. Thanks for tuning in tonight. I've got a two-hour show this evening. Vinny is away, so I'll be here with you from 8 until 10 p.m. Uh, some people say it's the end of summer. Those people are jerks. Uh, and that's because while we're sort of like knee-deep in the whole back-to-school stuff and the X is open, um, if you have like fond memories of going to the X, I'd love to hear from you. You can text in, of course, anytime during the show, 71010. Tell me why... You go to the X. Is it, you know, nostalgia? Is it for the food, the rides? Someone said they go for the shopping. I didn't know there was even that much shopping happening there. But uh, but please let me know because I, I didn't grow up here going to the X as a kid. So it's I always like to know what it is that draws people there. I know for a lot of people it's just memories of growing up with it every year and going, you know, as you get ready to go back to school. So I'm also really excited because uh, tonight's show I have in studio with me three brilliantly smart and funny women. So for the first hour, I've got this great panel in here. Three uh, female comics, writers, actors. You will uh, see them, hear them, and probably see some of their work and not know that they are behind it. Um, but uh, names that you should know and who you should go out and see if you get a chance to. So in studio with me, I've got Amanda Brooke Perrin. Hi. Welcome back, you've been before. Thank you. So you just did your first Just For Laughs All Access taping. That's exciting. Yeah, man, gonna be on the television. <laughs> Which is when, next year? Next year. I don't know why it takes a year. Uh, <laughs> that's how long it takes to make me look good, I guess. Uh, so next. They're, are they like maybe editing out all the things that uh, yeah. are inappropriate? It's mostly swear words it's not at all uh <laughs> <laughs> no it's uh yeah so next year on i believe the comedy network that's great uh, yeah congrats thanks man and also tv writer and i know you're uh, you're speaking on a panel for an event called fashion helps What's yeah that? it's great it's uh it's just a bunch of uh <laughs> I, I was gonna look at my phone and read the mission statement because they just asked me to do it very recently uh but yeah it's just a bunch of women talking about their careers and uh it's an event for or anyone who identifies as a woman. Okay. And uh, yeah, it should be really cool. So September 8th, that's happening. Fashionhelps.org. Okay, it. great. Yeah. And uh, Aisha <laughs> Alpha, uh, born in Nigeria, raised in Winnipeg. Yeah. So, which already gives you a lot of comedy fodder. <laughs> a lot of fodder. <laughs> yeah. A great background. A comedian, actor, host. I uh, just saw you also in Just for Laughs, where you performed at the Homegrown show, yeah. which was really fun yeah it was a lot of fun so congrats uh congrats it's sort of a fluke that i ended up with tickets that night and i'm like aisha's here so oh my gosh you should have told me i could have just put your name on the list oh <laughs> yeah I, I was waiting for i was trying to get tickets <laughs> <laughs> um and nilu handa toronto actor comedian writer graduate of the second city conservatory program and you're also appearing in a couple of new tv shows coming up right yeah Okay, yeah. so Almost Genius yes. on CMT. What kind of show is that? It's a uh, sketch show. That's For CMT. Around. I know. I know. <laughs> the country music? Country music television. Okay, I yeah. used to be the marketing manager for it. And yeah. then... Uh, Got a role on one of their shows, so <laughs> it's yeah, it's kind of of the vein Nepotism. of like, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just glad that they liked me enough to say, hey, we'll yeah. come back. Um, it's uh, it's kind of like a, a sketch show that's built around viral videos of people doing goofy things. So oh, nice! They build sketch on on top of it, so it was a lot of green screen work, and, and it was very. I fun. wrote it. Amanda wrote it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was she a writer on it. Yeah. Oh, that's so great! And I directed, and directed actually for the first time. She's an excellent Whoa. director. Oh my an god! Director. Thanks. I didn't mean to hop onto that credit. <laughs> <laughs> but we should like intertwine. There's so many credits that intertwine between these four people. It's yeah. true. That is true. Yeah. Amanda, multi-talented, as is everyone else in this room. 
Um, and Nilu, I thought this was great. So you're from Woodstock, but yep. then you sent me this little tidbit, which really kind of raised my eyebrows, which was that you've met Tom Cruise four times. How is that possible? Uh, I used to work in this very building as a marketing person, mm-hmm. and um, he came in a couple times for different things, and I would just kind of latch on. And find him. And was it part of your job to be around not, Tom not Cruise and when he was close. here? No, you close. just managed to. I just had to. You would just creep <laughs> into <laughs> wherever in he was with Tom Cruise. I am. Are you really? Yeah, yes. I, I love him. I've loved him since grade nine. I don't. I don't know why. I, I do know why because he. I find him very attractive. Was he nice? <laughs> he makes me happy. He is very nice. Oh, he's like good. eye contact, and he'll like. It's intense eye contact. I, well, actually. I feel like yeah. this is going just Scientology. 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 Did they he try and recruit me. you? Was he like, hey, eye contact? And then his eyes just had like weird like messages going through his eyes. <laughs> it was just Zeno. Zeno. Yeah. Did sure. you? Do you have like little um, periods where you sort of blacked out in your meetings with? Tom I don't Cruise? remember most of it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But the first time that I met him, I won a contest on Much Music to come see him for Intimate and Interactive. This is a long story. It's not, I'll cut it short. Uh, he came for Vanilla Sky, and yeah. I was in the studio behind him. And he was walking out to go say hi to other people, and then he um, got his hair stuck in my uh, shirt. Or my hair stuck in his button, and then we had to detangle it. How <laughs> close were you that your hair I got stuck? Yeah. I was oh, like, oh, okay. I was like, you. you were behind him, like creepily, just like getting closer <laughs> yeah. and closer. I, I was even more worried <laughs> when she said his hair was caught in my butt. I was like, how close was he? I was a little worried about that too. <laughs> so this close. is the panel for the first hour of the show. We'll weigh in on a few stories. We'll also play a game that I'm calling <laughs> Racist or Not Racist, Yay. and that's going to come up uh, at about 8.30, and you can text in as well, so please interact. You can do that 7-10-10. You can also tweet at Pei Chen. And mainly the reason why I was like, racist or not racist, is because we do have quite a mix of ethnicities mm-hmm. in the room, and uh, and I thought it might be a fun, a fun thing to do, you know, and uh, I asked you to think of some things that people have, maybe just some generalizations, stereotypes, silly comments that may have been uttered <laughs> to you as a child. And I, I also put it on Facebook. I got some good ones. Some people yeah. are really bothered by the things that have been said to them. I think after a certain point, you just kind of like shrug your shoulders. And you're like, I'm just going to correct you and hopefully you don't do it again. I think yeah. we should just go with it. Whatever people say for the next couple of days, like when you said... Someone asked you if your father is Bruce Lee. You should just say yes. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Maybe you'll yeah. get yeah. some clubs without lines. I don't know. I'm just going to go with everything people say to me. Yeah. Is your dad Bruce Lee? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. See? We great. all know Kung Fu. Yeah. <laughs> that was the other thing because I used to grow up with people saying, um, like, does your whole family know Kung Fu? I'm like, no, just me and my dad. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> let's get that straight. My brother is useless. Um, so if you have anything to share, you can always text in at 71010. Uh, and the ladies are joining me for the first hour. And then at nine, uh, we'll chat with uh, Chef Ricardo. We're talking about, because it's like falls. We're getting into fall, so it's like the the fall season and fruit. So apple season, uh, time saving tips for your meals. All that's going to come up in the second hour with Ricardo. Um, so again, you can text in seven ten ten. Um, one thing that I learned from Nilu was that you're sort of like a, a DIY person. That's right. Mm. Are you? So are you? Do you like save a lot of money by doing things yourself? Uh, I like to think I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It costs me in kind of mental anguish, though, when I try to take care of stuff on my own. So what kind of things do you try to do yourself? Um, I'm a fan of, like, seeing things on Pinterest or out in the wild, whatever, and just trying to recreate it at my home. So I have this, like, little coffee table that's, like, an Ikea hack. 
that I painted like a bright teal and got some like trunk furnishing things on the corner and it looks pretty good yeah. like from far away but up close it's like chipped and stuff because I didn't get the right paint <laughs> but I mean it serves its purpose yeah so yeah well and, and you were also saying too, and I thought this was really practical is that you really enjoy a particular Starbucks lemonade drink I do and I so do. you went online to find out how to make it so it doesn't cost you like four or five dollars every time no I think I've broken it down to a buck thirty-five a glass now Wow. <laughs> what is it? It's the it's the peach uh, iced tea lemonade. So what you do is you steep some. Do you, do you want no, to, go okay. ahead. Share so the it's recipe. like you steep a, a jasmine, like a bag of jasmine tea, in a bit of water, and then add lemonade to it. And then I got this special peach. Um, uh, what do you call it? Like uh, not liqueur, but it's just a peach extract, which mm-hmm. is like organic. And it was a bit expensive for the bottle. It was like twenty bucks for the bottle, but it has like twenty five servings in it, and it's all organic and delicious. So I just put that into it on ice. Maybe some mint if I have it. Yeah. Oh, it's it's delicious. Wow. Yeah. So you could open up your own little shop I with could. that. Yeah. Um, and then I also wanted to ask the other Amanda and Aisha if there's something that you refuse to pay for, because I I will. Um, I refuse to order fried rice in a restaurant <laughs> because because oh. if I I don't go out for Chinese food very often, but sometimes yeah. friends will be like, ah, I really want Chinese food. Where should we go? And I'm like, I don't know because I don't go for Chinese food ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something my mother will make. Um, but fried rice. Same with French toast. I also almost never order French toast, but if you order it, I'll ask for a bite. Because I know that with fried rice and French toast, you are serving me stale food, but you're charging me full price. So fried rice is leftover cold rice, and French toast is always stale bread. So those are two things that I have a very hard time paying for in a restaurant. I'll have it at home, and again, if you order it, I'll eat it. Yeah. I won't. I just, I can't. I don't order roast beef. Why? Because it's like sacred. It's my mom's. It's uh, sacred to me. So, and <laughs> it feels like it's, uh, I don't know. It'd be gross. It'd be like someone's trying to be my mom in the kitchen and I don't <laughs> like don't it. it. <laughs> um, or pancakes, really. But yeah. pancakes is just like a, when I go out for breakfast, I want I want a variety of things on my plate. Mm-hmm. I don't just want to eat dough right. over and over again. Mm, sometimes it's good, though. Yeah, I, I know your Instagram pic. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I never order like you know when you go to a restaurant and then after you've had a big meal and they're like do you want a coffee and I'm always like why would I why would I have your crappy drip coffee for three dollars yeah. after this meal when I'm not even gonna want it I'm just gonna go on the way home and get like a, I mean I don't drink coffee anymore but like you know what I mean you just get coffee at home or go to like Tim Hortons and get yourself what, a two dollar coffee what do you do drink though what you do drink something after no, no? after meals oh the goji thing. Also, sometimes oh, the coffee's been sitting there for a long time. Yeah, so at a restaurant, I would never get coffee. At a coffee shop, that's where you get coffee. <laughs> you you know what a coffee mean? shop like... at a restaurant? No. Okay. No. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here on uh, the Paychen Show and In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. Coming back after the break with more. Welcome back to the show. I'm here with you until 10 p.m. covering for Vinny, who is off for the next two weeks. Um, but for this first hour, I've got a great panel of three brilliantly talented women, Toronto comedians who are writers, actors, creators, Amanda Brooke Perrin, comedian, TV writer, and we just learned before, director as well. <laughs> uh, just taped her first Just for Laughs All Access, which we can wait until next year to just, see. You will wait. <laughs> we'll wait, and it's going to... 
it's going to be worth it. Uh, Aisha Alpha, comedian, actor, host, uh, raised in Winnipeg, which is oddly where we, we know met. each other. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh. Sort of like overlapped during those two years that I was there. Yeah. And Nilu Handa, Toronto actor, comedian, <laughs> and writer. So you can text in at 71010. Um, I have a story to share with you guys and see what you think about this. Actress Melissa McCarthy from Bridesmaids, a lot of other shows, oh. uh, not shows, but well, shows and uh, movies like that. She did that one with Sandra Bullock where there were cops. The heat. Oh, the heat. the heat. Yeah. You didn't like it? No, no I did I not. Really? really? I, I thought she was the best part of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, she usually is. Yeah. 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 But I just remember, I'm like, oh, there was that movie. Yeah. Um, so she's launching her own clothing line. It's called, and I'm not sure how you're supposed to say it, say this, but it's Melissa McCarthy seven spelled out s-e-v-e-n and then the number seven so i don't know if it's just seven or if it's seven seven oh. but anyway she's launching her own clothing line so she says it's time to stop segregating women with plus size labeling she doesn't think that there should be like this other section or this other category for plus size clothing so she says women come in all sizes 70%, and this is a statistic she pulls from somewhere, of women in the U.S. are size 14 or above. That's technically plus size. So you're taking your biggest category of people and telling them you're not really worthy. I find that very strange. So that's a quote from her. Uh, thoughts on this? Here, yeah, here. Yeah, that's yeah. great. I sometimes I'll accidentally end up in the petite section and I'm like, oh, this isn't for me. <laughs> and then I shield my face and I walk out of there. Do you try the pants on and they end up being capris? Oh, God. They're all tights. Accidental they're all tights capris. that I rip. Um, yeah, it's just stretchy pants or nothing for this gal over here. <laughs> Are there really industry standards about sizing, though? Because I have had great kind of like flexibility within my sizes mm -hmm. like when the number comes down to the numbers it's like yeah. either like a two or a ten like it'll fit me the same oh way. there's no standard which yeah. is very frustrating if you know the store that you're shopping yeah. and like i know at the gap that i'm a certain size but i know at another store it'll be you know two sizes off yeah but there's so you can never say to someone like i'm a six or i'm a ten and know that that's your actual size yeah. but i think that like her point is that you there's definitely I mean, when you go to H&M, there's a plus size area. And when you go to the Bay, there's a plus size area. And, yeah. and it is kind of weird because a lot of the, it's not maybe the same clothing that's in both, but it's the same style of clothing. So why would we have to have it segregated? Right. But yeah. you know what? Yeah. It's, it's weird because Topshop has a section for tall ladies. And I appreciate oh. it so much. How tall much. are you, Amanda? I'm about 5'10". Whoa. Uh, so, yeah, we took a picture <laughs> earlier and I felt like a giant. Um, and it, uh, just like the tall, whenever I get there, I'm like, I completely forget about it. And then I get excited about it because I know things are going to fit my body better. Um, so, Do you ever feel yeah. though, like when you go into a section and you're like, I love this. And then you're like, oh, it's not in the tall girl section. I wish it was. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I sort of wish there were there were more tall girl sections, yeah. to be honest. But uh, there's such a negative con connotation that comes with plus size that yeah. I yeah. think yeah. that's that's a different that's a Well, different I mean, I guess if I was to play devil's advocate, I'd say that, um, you know, having a plus size store or section 
complete like a totally different section is more is about providing a better selection yeah. so there's yeah. only so much space you can have in a little store and if you can if you have to carry like all of the sizes then chances are you're not carrying many of them and you're carrying less selection of of each thing mm -hmm. but what i will say does make it a little bit awkward is that um like a girlfriend of mine she uh, she went on Weight Watchers. She lost a bunch of weight, but she'd been heavy her whole life. And we could never go to the mall together in yeah. high school. We could go to the mall together, but she, like, I would go into Cotton Ginny and she would go into Cotton Ginny Plus. Right. So we couldn't shop together, Yeah, you know? So she always had to go to the specialty store. Yeah. And, that, and that for her was a little bit embarrassing because mm -hmm. there were obviously a lot more stores that catered to me, to people who are up to size 12 or 14, I think tends to be the standard for, you know, non-plus sizes. Well, it's like, wouldn't, I think it would make more sense logistically then, especially in America, if that's the stat, to have a specialty side or store for people who are size double zero to like two, because, you know, you go to the shop and there's always like size double zero, size extra small. And you're like looking at them like this should be in gap kids. And so, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's so tiny. And there's not that many people who are fitting into that as far as the average size person. So if the average is skewing higher, then have a plus size and, and then, you know, an under size 14. Yeah. And then have a special section for minis, like cauliflower minis. <laughs> yeah. Mini skinny minis. Go over there. So there'd be like five section. different gap stores that just have <laughs> like various sizing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would probably help if we had a bodacious babe here with us to speak on it. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I've always appreciated tall, but I can see how that would be, that would be kind of sucky to go into the plus size when there's yeah. such a negative. Well, so her whole thing mm -hmm. is that her clothing line is going to come in size 4 to 28. So she's like, you know, she's going to cater to most people and uh, hopefully get rid of that whole plus size uh, label. Um, another story I found that I thought I'd see what you thought about is um, there's mm -hmm. a uh, pink colored women only parking spaces at Frankfurt at the uh, Frankfurt airport. So the designated spots have been painted pink. They're wider uh, than the other parking spots. They require less skill to maneuver because they are larger. And uh, they put women only on those parking spots, those pink parking spots. Do they also offer feminine pads? Yeah. In do those they, spots. Do they get your yeah. period instantly upon parking? And pedicure them? on the side. Yeah. Well. So, yeah. of course, a lot of women have uh, said that this is a very sexist thing to do. But what I will say is that they've also put these uh, pink parking spots um, in areas that are closer to the like the elevator they've also put them in areas that are very well lit and in areas where there's um, like security cameras right. so they're saying we're trying to make this safer for everyone but we did make these double wide parking spots <laughs> and we painted them pink just for the women that makes it a lot harder though to go to the airport and like make out with your boyfriend That's in the parking true. lot you know what I mean I don't want to be where everyone can see me <laughs> And I want to be able to maneuver into it with yeah. my pink Away from the beetle, cameras. Volkswagen yeah. Beetle. Yeah. So I hate this more than a lot of things that I've read recently. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. I it I, I was reading the article you sent, and I I was like, okay, let's just start this. And then by the end, I was like, what are they talking about? <laughs> it's okay. So this is my thing. 
Uh, maybe put more money into more security cameras and lighting if you are don't have a well lit parking lot. You know <laughs> yeah, what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. what like in mean? general, you mean not just in these couple <laughs> yeah, of spots? Don't these... park in the rapey side. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where it's safe for you. It's so bizarre to me that they're like, well, now it's safer because you're closer to the door. Well, how about you put more security in your parking garage if it's unsafe? Yeah, I don't want to go in your parking garage. It's probably because women have so many like bags of luggage and stuff. <laughs> Right? Yeah. We have, well, we have all shoes. those bags for our shoes. Yeah, yeah. Like, right. I have at least three when yeah. I travel. Totally. But, but here in like it's getting more popular to see those like par- parental spaces like close up. Yeah, to the shop or like or for women, women who are expecting. Yeah, yeah. that makes Which perfect makes sense. sense. But yeah. I mean, I can parallel park like nobody's business. Me too. So I don't even know why they're enabling this kind of stereotype to exist. I'm sure that in Germany. Everyone's got their beamers on the Audubon, and they know what they're doing there. So yeah. I don't know why that's being proliferated. That well, just so you know, if you're at the Frankfurt Airport, you can park in the pink spot. I'm totally it's going to, though, for you. Oh, yeah, sideways. Yeah. That yeah. being said, I am yeah. lazy. <laughs> just for you. Um, and another story I want to get to very quickly is uh, I was wondering the sort of the dumbest business idea you ever you never started. So maybe oh, you had this like brilliant, mm, you could have been did. eight oh, years yeah, old, right. you could have been 10, whatever, could have been last week. You're like, yeah. this is an amazing idea. And someone's like, that is really stupid. <laughs> I wanted to make luggage that was like a tackle box for fishing yeah. where you would pack it all in and then it would like, you could like open it up and it'd be like a lever system <gasps> that would smart. open all the way up like a tackle box. You know, yeah. On both amazing. sides like butterfly out. Yeah. And I remember telling my parents and they're like, that's cute. And then I saw something very similar to that <laughs> in those in-flight magazines where yes. it's like, you can pack it and then hang it in your closet yeah. and it all comes out. I'm like... I was going to say, I've seen something like yeah, that. Yeah. It's a million dollar idea and I think I was like 14. You missed out on that. Totally missed out. Your parents missed out on a really nice retirement home too. Yeah. You know what? It's their own fault then if I uh, don't it give is. the money when I'm older. So before anyone thinks that, th- that stupid ideas are too stupid, uh, there's a 24-year-old guy in Texas who's making $10,000 a month writing anonymous messages on potatoes and mailing them nationwide. So he's a 24-year-old grad from the University of North Texas. He just had this like idea that his girlfriend said was totally stupid. And he's like, I'm going to write messages for people on a potato and uh, charge them $10 and then I'll mail it to them. And he's made $10,000 a month. This So this kid, uh, I think in the article it said he does 3,000 potatoes a month. So he handwrites all of those messages? Yeah, does he does it, like, it with every, like a, yeah. That's phenomenal. I mean, he, if he's got the pluck, then go for it. That's that's hard work ethic. It's a cool idea, I think. Well, not cool. I think what it is, it's a silly <laughs> idea. <laughs> Let's change it. It's a silly idea, but it's like the pet rock. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It's, a, it's something that's going to be this fad, and he'll make all this money, and then it'll be done. Yeah. But like, who cares? He'll have... Hundreds of thousands of dollars but by doesn't the time it, it like, runs out. It just makes me mad because I think this idea was so stupid and so simple that yeah. I could have done it. Yeah. And I could have made $10,000 last month mailing potatoes. <laughs> he has like no overhead. Yeah. His materials are like dirt cheap. And he writes little messages Literally. like, congratulations on your wedding. Here's a potato. So people order these online potato parcel if you feel like you want to send someone a potato. <laughs> so just send me 10 bucks instead. I'll do it for you. Yeah. <laughs> Don't uh, encourage charge, him. Yeah. So... So I guess my point is people who are listening with children, like, don't discourage them because they might have a multi-million dollar idea coming up. Uh, my guests are st- sticking around with me in studio. Nilu Handa, Amanda Brooke Perrin, Aisha Alpha, great Toronto comedians. After the break, since we have a mix of ethnicities in the room, we're going to do um, a little game called Racist <laughs> or Not Racist. Oh, and it's not that. targeted at any one particular group because anyone actually can be racist. <laughs> my dad can be <laughs> racist. So share, uh, share your great uh, comments and stories as well. 
well. You can text in at 71010. You're listening to The Patreon Show here on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. Thanks for tuning in tonight. I'm here until 10 p.m. covering for Vinny. Paychen.com is the website where you can find uh, podcasts. You can also find it in iTunes, and it's usually up uh, the day after the live show. We've got a great panel of funny women tonight, great Toronto comedians, Aisha Alpha, Nilu Handa, Amanda Brooke Perrin. Um, and I've been sort of promoting this online that we would do a segment called <laughs> Racist or Not Racist, but like... We're just having fun with it. <laughs> so I guess to uh, for people who also, people can watch the show if they want, because we've got webcams in here. I forgot to tell you that part. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, you may have known, you might know that part, actually. I forgot. <laughs> so sorry about all that stuff earlier. <laughs> uh, but Newstalk1010.com, if people are uh, watching and listening online, you can do so. Um, so Aisha, born in Nigeria, yeah. raised in Winnipeg. Yeah. Uh, Nilu, raised in Woodstock, Ontario, but your family's from... Punjab, India. Okay. And Amanda. Thank you so much for talking about my minority. Um, <laughs> it's about time we talk about it. Well, the Caucasians have been around. <laughs> um, no, I feel like I, I'm like I'm scared about this segment. I grew up in Calgary. It was a terrifying time. <laughs> you may know of some of these things we're about to speak it's of. It's true. I'm excited. Um, and I was asking the girls uh, off air if they get, uh, could, you know, if they get confused for other people, kind of famous people. Nilu, I feel like, yeah, who's the most famous brown girl out there right now? Uh, Manjula from uh, The Simpsons. <laughs> that, that's who I'd like to be. Uh, Mindy Kaling, I get it all the time. Does do you? Does it flatter you, or do you? Does it just kind of uh, like you roll your eyes? You're no, like, oh, right. I mean, I get it. I yeah. get it because I do comedy, and so she's the most visible one who's doing it. But I like to call myself the brown Mindy Kaling. <laughs> but why? Because she's like, why I, do you that's say that? The joke. Because okay. all my brown homies who are listening to this will get it because it's just a thing. This is going to get too much in the racist, not racist category right now. <laughs> okay. But we it's can talk about started. it on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Aisha, I thought, so a couple of things um, that people would say to you that, oh, you must be adopted. <laughs> I got that. I, uh, when I first moved to Canada, I moved to Alberta. Not me personally. Like, I wasn't two and moved on a plane to Alberta. My family was in Alberta, and my father was finishing his his PhD. And it was so it was just my mom, who's the whitest person alive, like, blonde and white, and then my brother and I, who are both, like, halfies. And I was convinced until I was a certain age that I was adopted. Because really? Because all the people on my street were like, well, you're obviously adopted. Look at your mom. Oh, my God. And I had no idea. They didn't know who your dad was. Nobody had seen my father. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, like, he doesn't exist. You were adopted. You're, I'm like, I'm from Nigeria. They're like, see? <laughs> I'm like, what? That's totally made up. Yeah. That's not true at all. Um, Nilu, some things that people say to you that are quite common? Um... Well, how do you pronounce your name, first of all? That's okay. One of I, it. That's I'm, sometimes fair, I think, because people ask me that, too. Like, yeah. how do you pronounce your name, even though it's spelled P-A-Y? <laughs> yeah. Your name seems like it would be the easiest one. Yeah. I get yeah. asked, all, or if I'm, let's say, um, I have an appointment, and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm here, I have the 9 o'clock appointment, and sometimes the receptionist will look like, they'll, they'll look panicked, and they'll go, <laughs> uh, how, how, do you, how do you say your name? I'm like, just hey. the way it's spelled, P A Y, because I think they—it's oh. too simple. Right. I think yeah. it's too simple that it must have some sort of like five silent letters or invisible letters. <laughs> just let them click there. at them when they ask yeah. you. How do you yeah. say? Just go. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> or say like paella. <laughs> Half the letters are invisible. <laughs> they're not. They're not there. Um, I, uh, Aisha, the one that. 
I laughed really hard at when you <laughs> sent this to me. For I don't know why this one was so hilarious. Was that people would say, "This is my black friend." Oh yeah, people no. say that they introduce you. This yeah. is my black friend. Oh, oh. You, yeah, for sure. And I'm like, the, the funniest part to me is that first of all, why would you need to introduce somebody like that? <laughs> oh and God. also, I don't even like if someone's like, you know, the black one. I'm like, who? Who? I'm like, I'm only half. I'm just as much white as I am black. So it's crazy to me. Like people have like, and I, I think I wrote to you another one where someone said like, well, how do I, how do I describe you or how do I call okay. you? And yeah. I was like, call me Aisha, you dumb dumb face. Like, um. why are you? And she said, well, you know, like, you're, are you black? Are you mulatto? Is that racist? And I was like, how many other Aishas do you know that you have to differentiate? Like, right. well, there's the white Aisha, <laughs> yeah. then there's the Asian Aisha, and then there's you. So what are you? Like, which, yeah, which one are you? Yeah, I. I don't love being asked, what are you? Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's, you know, and I think the, the intention isn't to be offensive Your when people nightmare. say that. But, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to know. Yeah. Um, but people will, will say, I, I think... I don't mind when people say, like, you know, where's your family from? What's your background? Where did yeah. you? But some people will say to me, where are you from? And and you, too, probably get this as well. Where yeah. are you from? And I say, I'm from Nova Scotia because that's a, that is where I grew up. Yeah. No, where are you really from? Mm-hmm. It's I, like the, we had it yeah. in our Bob Curry uh, Sketch in the City uh, performance. There was a sketch that's called Where Are You From? Yeah. And it's just like how people delve deeper and deeper and deeper into that. And one of my first jokes in comedy was about that, where I ended up describing the hospital in Nigeria where I was from. Because I'm like, what do you want to know? Like, what, what are you really asking here, right? Because in the end, people don't really care. They just, they're like, they ask you all these questions about where you're from, and then you're like, I'm from Wusasa Hospital in Zaria, Nigeria. Great. Well, they have nothing to say. Yeah, right? like, <laughs> you want to relate to me? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> tell me, like, what's it like this time of year in Wusasa? Like, you're stupid. Like, you don't know anything about there, so why do you really care that much? Uh, Nilu, so yeah. you're going to have an arranged marriage. Uh, that's what people ask, yeah. But now I'm, like, past that age. It's like, no, I'm expired for that. <laughs> you're that's expired. not going to happen I'm anymore. I'm expired for that. Oh, I oh seriously my have. Expired. My, but my parents had an arranged marriage, mm-hmm. and they met on their wedding day. Oh, wow. That's yeah. Yeah. So, so do you think that's where some of the assumption comes from? Well, I guess people... I would think so. Yeah. yeah, because I think the I think there's a um, a viewpoint out in the society that uh, a lot of immigrant parents are very stubborn and strict and uh, enforce things like that. And that's totally parents, true in my yeah, case. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so you think <laughs> you think that's going to be the case, but it's not. Like it's just uh, my parents have given up. <laughs> nice. Actually, my parents have nice. given up just, too. Yeah, I was just waiting them out. Yeah. Yeah, I won. Um, yeah. Yay, us! <laughs> we, we outaged the, yeah. the our potential, yeah. basically, because yeah. I'm not a doctor, and they my parents have no idea uh, what I do. Um, I, for, <laughs> for some listeners, they may know that I, I was born in Taiwan, but raised in uh, Nova Scotia. So the one thing is, which bothers me, is when people try to guess where you're from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So oh. they'll be like, oh, oh. Pay, ch- oh, that's such an interesting name. Um where no don't tell me yeah so taiwan is a very small island it is not one where we look so drastically different than some of the other asian countries around us my mom swears she can pick out a taiwanese girl though like (laughs) on the street she's like oh i can pick them out um i cannot and i don't think most people can either so people who try to guess they'll run through the list they'll be like filipino and i'm like not even korean (laughs) vietnamese japanese they'll, they'll list off like every asian country they can think of and then they look at me like I'm I'm withholding something. I'm like, well, you know, from Taiwan. And 
some people don't know Taiwan other than from like um, the little stickers on like the knickknacks that they buy, like oh, made yeah. in Taiwan. Made <laughs> they don't yeah. really know where it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's not one I, I think you can guess easily. But I have had this happen to me a few times. And once it was a guy trying to pick me up in a bar. Oh. And he's like, uh, are you? And I'm like, oh, God, don't even start it this way. He's like, are you Korean? And I'm like, nope. Are you? And I'm like, no. And then he's like, where are you from? I said, well, um, I was born in Taiwan. And he goes, you know, love Thai food. Oh, oh wow. 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 I was like, mm. I love and when now people we're married so much. Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, we've been dating for five years. Yeah. <laughs> when people commit to that, it's like so hard and they're just so confident with it. Like she's going to love this line. <laughs> you know? Oh, like, yeah. And yeah. I was like, you are so way off. Yeah. Not even. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that and uh, yeah, I guess, you know, is that your real name? I trust me, I would not. I would not pick this name. That's if a kicking change... name, though. I love yeah. it. Too. I like it. Well, as a kid, you don't love it, right? Yeah. But like when people go, "Is that your real name?" I'm like, if I could choose my name right now, I would change it to Beyonce. Oh, oh and be just great. take half of like half of her gigs. It'd be like, we heard Beyonce lives in Toronto now. <laughs> Come on down to the Rogers Center for your concert. I would book myself as Beyonce, and then just be like, I'll give you a deal, only half a million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what about Beyonce Paisy? Oh, oh yeah, that's a good one. Neela means you. blue in Hindi. It's like a derivative. So I feel like <laughs> you're blue, blue Ivy. Ivy. I'm here. I blue Ivy's it. here. Daisy's yeah. here. And Can I be Solange? Here. I just want to go crazy. Doesn't. In the elevator. We'll make sure there's a camera in there. We yeah. Can see that well, we whole... can do it today with we these can cameras. Do it with the webcams. Yeah. It'll we be can so absolutely awesome. do that. We're gonna take a quick break here on the show. Uh, returning with more with uh, these great women who are staying on the show until 9 p.m. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Uh, I've got a great panel of funny women, great Toronto comedians, Aisha Alpha, Nilu Handa, Amanda Brooke Perrin. Uh, just before the break, we were just having a little fun with uh, racist or not racist. I don't know that we actually came to a conclusion. I think we just were like, eh, these are all things that are kind of racist. <laughs> yes. We concluded racist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, we have a good sense of humor about it, I guess. I was saying too that anyone... Any race can be racist because, like, mm-hmm. my mother thinks all my friends look alike, and most of my friends that I grew up with, they're actually they're mostly white. Mm-hmm. So she has a hard time. For some reason, <laughs> the one race that has the most variety in hair color, <laughs> eye color, <laughs> even skin tone, my mother finds confusing to tell them apart. That's but yeah, she thinks yeah. like Asians are really distinct, and I'm like, I don't know, I can't tell how my cousins apart. <laughs> it's kind of tough. Um, but I show uh, you're uh, telling me in the break. About about a story where you kind of like got dumped on by a casting director because so your uh, your dad is Nigerian. Your mom, yeah. it, where's your mom from? Like she's part French and part English, but uh, the whitest person. She's literally the whitest person. She's see through. She's see through. I have a see through mother. I have, I have a, a ghost and a shadow as a parent. It's great. And uh, so you went for an audition. So everyone here, we we act. We go to auditions. Um, We're available for hire. Yeah. yeah. Everyone here. Uh, would like some more work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you got in trouble, you got dumped on for wearing your hair curly, which is the natural way yes. you wear your hair. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Thank it's you. Lovely. Thank you very much. No, yeah, I had I had an audition and it was for a corporate video um, to talk about how people could use their RSPs. Very interesting video. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and, you know, you had to come in looking very corporate. So I put on a, a blazer and I had my hair neatly done and curly and makeup and everything. <clears throat> came in and I did a great job on the audition. And then when I was leaving, the casting director person, I will name no names, ran after me and was like upset with me because she was like, I'm very disappointed in you. I can't believe you came in this state 
And I said, Whoa. what do you mean? And she was talking about my hair and that it was curly. And she's like, we would expect, by the end of this like detective work, she basically said, we would expect you to straighten your hair so you could look professional when we ask for a professional. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Um, and I just, I said to her, I'm like, well, there needs to be diversity in videos. She's like, no one wants to see people with curly hair on TV. And I was like, you're so out of tune because that's, like diversity is this hot topic. They're trying to get more diverse looks. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I come to Toronto and I'm being cast because they're like, we need someone who's sassy. I'm like, what you mean is black? Okay, black. we got it. You <laughs> mean black? Yeah. It's but so like, true. I I was really upset about it, and then I got the part, so I was like, eh, you can't be too upset when yeah. that's like the most poetic. Yeah. Like justice. Mm. Oh, I have naturally curly hair too, and I it, it's just so much like when you walk into an audition room, I'm like, I can tell I'm not going to get this because I didn't have time to straighten my hair. It's, Are it's people anti curly hair? Uh, yeah, but then it's it's like listed as specialty. It's That's a specialty having curly hair. Having curly hair. Yes. yes. Does that it's, make you a minority? Uh, uh, finally. <laughs> you can finally. finally take part in racist or not racist. Finally talk about it. I think it's I'm Amanda like... Brooke Perry. <laughs> <laughs> For like I black culture, hair. having curly hair, like natural hair is a huge yeah. um, trend right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, in in white culture, I yeah. guess. I don't. I mean, that's such a stupid thing to say, white culture. There's no, I don't know if that's a thing, but like. Because racist most, or not racist. Right, exactly. <laughs> in mo For most like commercials and TV stuff, there's it's like a lot of, Typically, it's usually Caucasian people on TV, so, mm -hmm. or yeah. historically has been. So curly hair, I think, is something that they look down upon for yeah. that part of the industry. I, yeah, I think so, too. It's weird. Anyway, um, I'm very privileged and so happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> also, you kind of straightened your hair. Thank you for I, that. Yeah, I did. I didn't want to be looked um, down Rude. Yeah. I wanted to touch upon something, too, which is destination weddings, which mm -hmm. hugely popular. For some reason, I feel like Hawaii was a big trend this past year. I've had uh, five friends, all in different groups, who have gone to Hawaii for a wedding, which is a very, I've never been to Hawaii. I, I hear it's beautiful. I, I would love to go. I don't think I would go. I, I don't think a wedding would be the reason I would want to go on that trip because I know it's it's quite costly. Um, but I know for a lot of people, it's also a way to streamline your guest list because if you yeah. have a destination wedding, you don't have to worry about inviting everyone at the office or you know yeah. acquaintances because yeah. it's generally mm -hmm. family and close friends and they're the ones who will actually go to wherever it is that you're having a wedding. But Amanda, your brother is getting married oh, in Bali. Brother. Oh, <laughs> brother. And yeah. you're not looking forward to it. No, man. I don't, okay, destination weddings, God bless. If you want to get married somewhere, that's great. Just like, I, but I'm your family, and now I feel like um, you've just chained me to your body, and I have to go <laughs> to Bali for you. I just like, I, it's gotten to the point where I'm like, if I ever get married, God forbid, <laughs> <laughs> I am going to get married in a ditch somewhere. I swear to God. This is, mark my words. You heard it here first, everybody. <laughs> getting married in a ditch. It's mm -hmm. going to be hilarious. Uh -huh. And then maybe a party after. Yeah. But what is your aversion to, to the, is it the cost? Is it it's, that he chose a place that's so far away? It's and... so far away. It doesn't have meaning to them. They've never been before. I just think that like if he got married in a in Canada and had his friends and family attend that he would get so much more money to go on this trip and probably be able <laughs> to go for longer and because that's what they want to do. They want to travel. And um, I was telling you guys that my mom and I sweat a lot uh, <laughs> in places you didn't know existed. And uh, and so I it's just 
I'm not a sunshine uh, destination person. I'd rather go somewhere like Iceland or, you know, it's so it's a, uh, it's kind of determining your vacation time for you. Right. No, yeah. I agree. Uh, yeah. Any other thoughts on destination? Like love them, hate them. I've gone to a couple and I've had fun, but it is like, I mean, I have a lot of freedom. I don't have a day job and stuff like that. Yeah. And I love to travel and I love to be hot. Yeah. So I'm always <laughs> like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> but I mean, I always felt like if I were, if I had a destination wedding, it would just be like, whoever wants to come, come. Like, I don't care. I just yeah. want to go somewhere. You know what I mean? I wouldn't expect my family to come. Um, if I mean, I was a wedding planner before, so I feel like I You I know, were? Yeah. I this Winnipeg, is I was not a, a real thing. No. Okay, today, no, I just keeps adding to her I know. Like, like, just you, stop. Please. You were a wedding planner? So many I was things. with Madeline's Weddings in Winnipeg, Manitoba. <laughs> Madeline Chapman, one of the best wedding planners in Winnipeg, if you're looking for anybody. Um, for one season, yeah, when I was trying to figure out my life and what I wanted to do. I God, literally yeah. have found out so much about <laughs> Aisha Alpha today. She was a life coach. Yeah. She lived in- I think she uh, still is a life coach. Uh, yeah, you. she absolutely is. She played soccer professionally. In she traveled Korea. around the world. Yeah. You lived in Korea. Yeah. Her mom is a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> All of these things. Um, so if you go to a destination wedding, do you feel pressure to spend the same amount of money on a gift that you would if, let's say, it was in town? Because, Ted, you know, you, you, do you feel like you should no. be as generous no. with the isn't, gift? Isn't that the gift? Like your See, presence? Because you're is paying my thing. thousands of dollars to be there. Yes. I think if yes. you have a destination wedding... You say to, and people are going to get mad at this, but I think that it would be polite for you to say, um, you making the trip and being there is our gift. It has to be. And let people I, know that. I but that you. is, no, I will tell you, that is not the case. Really? And that's the thing. still get a wedding registry. Wedding yeah. etiquette for destination is that people, they have, people can give presentation, usually not gift because you don't want to have to take that back, yeah. Yeah. but it's an option, but that the... Etiquette is that they're not supposed to expect people to bring present bring presentation unless you're paying for those people to come. Okay, you just did a very Winnipeg happen. thing, what, which is okay. Oh, in Winnipeg, they call Money. presentation. I had no idea what it meant what? because when I moved to Winnipeg, <laughs> someone I was working with at the station was getting married. They're like, "Yeah, we're doing presentation," and I'm like, "You're doing a presentation." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really? Is there a power power point. Point. <laughs> I didn't understand. I didn't understand it for the longest time. But in Winnipeg, what do they call it elsewhere? I you just what? give money. Yeah, right. when you give money or a check, they call it. I guess. I guess we're just more sophisticated. And yeah, we call it Winnipeg presentation. Yeah. Can someone um, present me with something? <laughs> I but they li I literally found out a day ago that they signed up for a registry, and I'm so furious. But anyway, Aww. God bless. So happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> So send us a postcard from Bali. <laughs> My guest tonight, uh, Nilo Handa. Your next people can catch you at the Bad Dog Theater on Sunday, October fourth. Yeah, it's gonna okay. be my birthday show for like visible minority women doing comedy. Excellent. Yeah. So everyone should go. Yeah. Racist yeah. or not racist? Uh, Amanda, <laughs> Super racist. Yeah. Next next place people can see you. Oh, um, just go to amandabrookparent.com and you can see me there. Okay. And <laughs> I shout. You're traveling a lot. Yes, I'm going to be in Winnipeg for the Odd Block Festival. Um, but if you really want to see me and be able to take me home with you, watch Degrassi and Odd Squad <laughs> yeah, on TV. Yeah. And there Perfect. I'll be. Well, yeah. thank you all for joining me tonight. It's been a lot of fun. Thank Thanks, you. Man. And uh, coming up at 9 p.m., we'll talk to Chef Ricardo about uh, fall food funsies. You're listening to The Pay Chen Show and In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. I'll be back just after the break. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Uh, I know normally you'd be hearing Vinny's voice right now. He's away for the next uh, two weeks, so I'll be covering for him. So thanks for joining me. Paychen.com is the website. It's also where you can find the podcast of the show. You can also find it in uh, iTunes, of course. But if you are just tuning in and you missed the last hour, I had three really uh, funny, talented Toronto comedians on the show. And... Um, I think we solved racism. That's what we decided in studio was that we kind of 
fix that for the whole world. It's gone, uh, it's gone right, Elliot? It's no longer a problem. It's not even an issue anymore. Like, everyone loves each other, and there's no hate or weirdness or strange stereotypes. You guys, you, you did it. <laughs> this is what four women in uh, a radio studio can do. But we did have, um, we, we had a little bit of fun with it. So if you missed it, you can always catch uh, the podcast online, usually within 24 hours. Um, so as much as you may not want to hear it, and most people don't, although I do know some parents are very excited for September to roll around, um, which means back to school. Uh, for others, it's just sort of like back to regular routine. You know, the long weekends are over, summer vacations kind of done, and it's like, okay, we're just kind of back to a schedule, even if you don't have kids. Um, so Chef Ricardo joins us uh, to chat about one of my favorite things about fall, and that's Apple season. Hi, Ricardo. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well tonight. And I have to tell you that I, I don't know, I feel like it just sort of creeped up on me, like Apple season. When I got the latest issue of your magazine, I thought, oh, apples. And then I was out at a farmer's market recently and there were some apples out already that, and I thought, well, are these from last year? But probably not. No, totally. I mean, we have like er really early apples, even like two weeks ago, we already had like apples in, in Niagara Valley. Wow. The warmest pot in the country. And we'll have apples until almost when it starts to freeze. And when you, you go, to like, and, and it's a great season because we're talking about apples, but it's just like everything is, is, is there for us. I mean, from peach to apple to cherries mm -hmm. to, to, to pears, and, and it's all there. And we have to do something with it because eventually we'll be back in the snow, and uh, we'll we'll we need food. Yeah, I, I love this time of this time of year, sort of mid late August, um, in terms of local produce is one of my favorites because I can st depending on where you are, but I can mm -hmm. still get um, I can still get some berries. So you know, I got really great strawberries last week. Cherries I can still get. Peaches right now are like my most favorite thing to be eating and then now as you mentioned sort of the early season apples and it's funny what you said because even like when we think berries i mean 20 years ago i mean we were having strawberries and raspberries quite often like at the end of june and that was basically it and now we have all these late uh late uh, raspberries and strawberries and all these berries that i think are even better at this time of the season up to a freezing point. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it, they're full of flavor. Their sugar as are at you know at their peak, and I think we should really actually just fill our freezer and, and and just like make some jam and everything we can to remember this great part of the season uh, when fall comes. Now, is there a difference with the apples that we might be getting right now versus the ones that, you know, you see a lot of, let's say, uh, into the fall? Yeah, well, quite often the apples we pick right now, and this is the fun part. I mean, uh, school is back in a couple of days or weeks. It depends where we are in the country. And uh, you can go for, like today was a beautiful day. You could go for, you know, harvest your old, you know, at the orchard, your own apples and all that. And quite often you will realize that the perfect eat right now you can do you know some compote you can do some pat some pies and all that but these apples are not there to be kept for months and months a bit as you said as the the late 
apple picking. Mm-hmm. We'll be able, if you keep them properly, and now they control, you know, the oxygen in, in, in the in the rooms. You can have apples almost almost until next summer. But right now, these apples are perfect if you want to eat them right away. They won't be keeping for as long as the others. So it's it's just the beginning of the season. Right. So if we're buying fresh apples now that are like local, mm-hmm. then they're the ones that yep. we should be eating, not trying to keep until October. Totally. And and that that's an, another very important thing. We have to buy them local. There is no point and, and no reason to buy any apple outside from the country. We are a ha- an apple country. We we harvest great varieties, all sorts of apples from very tart to sweet to to soft to crisp. To, uh, every there's an apple for everyone. Same thing with pears. There's no reason to buy and we have to ask where are they from? If they're not from from your local region, well don't buy them and mm-hmm. just wait and say I'll wait when are you going to have them and then to put a bit of pressure on them. Yeah, to, like when you're at the grocery store, I think it's really important because we're so mm-hmm. used to, uh, you know, we are used to being able to buy almost any sort of produce we want all year round because yep. we're sourcing them from countries that can can produce them for us. Uh, so when you go to the grocery store and you're looking at the beautiful apples, you may not realize that they're coming from other countries when yes. you could be buying them locally. And it's not because we don't like other countries. It's just that why don't we, you know, just start with our own you know, people and economy, and it makes a big difference because mm-hmm. these people work so hard all, I mean, the entire season to offer us the best. And uh, at, so at the end of the day, we have to really encourage, you know, our local producers, and, and it's great. So, and when you buy them, and especially at the time of season, don't buy a whole lot of them. You can go every week, or sometimes you have these little, you know, things on the sides of the road, you can stop buy apples you just clean them wash them keep them you know in your fridge in the in a well-ventilated drawer and you know apples are great between three and six degrees you keep them so it's not the coolest part of your fridge Mm -hmm. but uh, and then you can keep them for days and days there so let's talk about um if we're selecting apples like what works best for different types of cooking or baking because i only learned this in recent years that you know you might love uh, the macintosh apple but it doesn't necessarily make the best apple for different types of cooking yeah because like the mac is it's a classic in canada it's like an (laughs) all-purpose i mean it's all purpose but it's not the perfect one for pies for an example Mm -hmm. and and uh, and that depends also uh, on on your I'd say your family tradition, because if you are uh, used to have a, a very, I mean, generous pie with, I mean, three, three to four inches of apple, you need an apple that won't turn into, you know, like uh, a compote when it when it's cooked. So, so what, you would go yeah, for so a Cortland. A Cortland, a Cortland is okay. perfect for that. Mm-hmm. And, and not only that, it, Cortland is perfect for lunches for for back to school oh. because they won't. They won't oxidize as quickly. They won't turn brown as quickly as as uh, a Macintosh. So they will. It's a bit like uh, even if it's not from Canada. When you think of a Granny Smith that doesn't turn brown, you know, very quickly, the Cortland is about the same thing. So and sometimes it's nice to mix apples. You know, you can say a Cortland and Macintosh for a pie. So you will have you know something very soft but at the same time, still a bit of crunch. 
because of the, the Cortland. If you go for the Red Delicious, you have this kind of pear taste, very sweet. That So it's a nice blend, a nice mix. Now, what about, um, I guess, if you are... So certain certain apples, I know, kind of get mushy very quickly. So it's great for, like, an applesauce. Exactly. Applesauce. Like, Macintosh is perfect. Right. I mean, for that, I mean, you, you can't go wrong with, you know, with a Macintosh. Mm-hmm. But where, if you want applesauce with a cordland, it, it's not going to be good. I mean, <laughs> it, 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 you'll have some lumps and it's not, it's not as good. Right. But to mix, and but some, some people like it. And I, I'm in that category i like when it's uh, my pies are a mix of apple uh, you know and a bit of apple sauce made with with the macintosh and and the the uh, a, a tougher pot, right. uh, apple like like a cortland now what about um different varieties to try? because like varieties we should be trying when i grew up my dad loves red delicious apples so mm-hmm. the only apple i knew as a child was Red Delicious. We never had a Granny Smith apple in the house. I didn't know about Granny Smith apples until I was in university and I had roommates and they always bought these green apples. So it just wasn't something I grew up with. Um, and then you go to the store now and there's like, there's Pink Lady, there's Fuji, there's Honeycrisp, there's Red Empire. I I feel like some people still stick with what they like. There's so many. And you know what? It's When we talk about these, if we forget about, you know, the 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 two, three, four classics we have in the country. What's beautiful nowadays is that every region has some favorites. So this is why you have to, when you go to your local either market or, or grocery store, look for local apples because you can discover, I mean, apples that you won't see anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And and that's the beauty about it because you, you want, I, I like when, you know, something is, is different and, and you go to a region, you taste something and it's not as, as when you're home uh, in a couple of weeks, I'll be, I'll be in PEI and I'll home. I'll, I know that I'll discover different flavors and they won't have the same apples. And this, it's fantastic. So to buy a local will help you to, not only ensure a local economy, but also create a local, I'd say, uh, trend, mm-hmm. a, a, a local way of, you know, doing the pie or the sauce or the cake, uh, the coffee cake and yeah. all that. Um, so let's talk about, because we were talking about, you know, we're coming up to September, it's sort of back to school, back to routine for a lot of people. And in your latest issue, you've got some yeah. great like lunch ideas in terms of just kind of keeping it a little uh, fresh because it's hard to always have a new idea every day for lunch. Well, we have this great thing about it's 30 days, 30 different sandwiches. So I thought it'd be nice to give you so many ideas where you can pick. Of course, nobody's going to do 30 different sandwiches in the same month. Well, you could, but I mean, not many of us will do it. But it's nice to say, hey, I have 30 different ideas. I can turn them out into whatever I want. And and this is cool. From tuna artichoke and lemon filling to roasted bell pepper and beef wrap. So I mix, you know, sandwiches on a baguette, mm-hmm. sandwich with, with uh, tortilla bread or pita bread or just plain, you know, white or, or, or whole wheat sandwich bread. And just by the, change the type of bread first, we'll change the sandwich. Then you need things to flavor these sandwiches. So it can be a flavored mayo. It could be just, you know, I have my spicy chicken uh, and salad bagel. 
Yes, it's different because of the bagel, but also in this spicy chicken sandwich, you will have pieces of corn because corn oh, is well, that's so, fancy. I mean, <laughs> yes, so, so it's, but you know what? It's so simple because yeah. you can buy corn, I mean, frozen right corn, yeah. and, and you just blanch them or, or saute them. You can add, you know, this corn in, in your standard chicken, you know, salad, mm-hmm. and it will add some sweetness, some crunchness. You can add a bit of Tabasco. Uh, green or red bell pepper, and there you go. You have a different, you know, filling for your sandwich. Uh, and then we've we've been inspired by by different uh, different countries, by different places. So we have a beef tataki wrap, just you know, by flavoring differently this beef, uh, a nice marinade with just a bit of soy sauce, maple syrup, rice vinegar, and a bit of uh, jalapeno pepper sauce. You mix this with your your uh, your beef. And you will have a whole different sandwich. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you know, your kids or yourself at the office will feel as if, you know, you just bought this in a fancy in a store. I love white rice. And you know when you buy a pita bread, you can cut yeah. it in half. Yeah. And, and you can open it as a pocket. Yep. Well, I mix chicken with dry cranberries and wild rice. And and it's it's great. It's a very local sandwich. I mean, we have... We produce the best wild rice in the world in Saskatchewan in Manitoba. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, it's the best in the world. Mm. You just boil it as if it was pasta until it's tender. You uh, just drain it, a bit of salt, and you mix it with, you know, pieces of cooked chicken, your your dried uh, cranberries, a bit of mayo or sour cream or even yogurt and salt and pepper, a bit of lettuce, Boston lettuce. That's it. You will have the nicest pita chicken sandwich in town. You'll make so, everyone very jealous. Well, you're getting a little gourmet here. I mean, everything sounds great. But you know what? I like to be gourmet when it's not complicated with stuff you can buy in every local grocery store. Mm-hmm. And, and that doesn't take you forever to do. It's nice to feel that, you know, it's not the same sandwich. But at the same time, you didn't go crazy or you didn't have to take your whole weekend to do it. it it's easy <laughs> to plan, you know, uh, beginning of the week. Sometimes just to buy, you know, roast beef at yeah. your local store, mm-hmm. buy some roast beef and, and just add a bit of coleslaw with uh, horseradish mixed with it and instead of salad or lettuce. And it, it becomes a whole different sandwich. So that's the type of thing I like. So you will have in this issue 30 different ideas for for uh, for sandwiches. Oh, just one last one. I love you know, <laughs> lobster lobster rolls. Oh, well, come on. Lobster is very luxurious. It's one exactly. of my favorite foods. So I made one that doesn't cost much and has this fancy look. Okay. You buy just a piece of salmon, standard salmon. You grill it with a bit of olive oil or butter. Then you, you just break it, flake it with your, your you know, the back of a, a fork. Mm-hmm. Mix this with a bit of, of, um, of olive oil, mayo, just a bit of celery, maybe one onion, green onion. And you stuff this in a, in a hot dog bun, just a hot dog bun. And you will have exactly, uh, exactly as if it was a lobster roll, but it's going to be salmon. a salmon roll. So it's a very inexpensive way of doing something that looks fancy, mm-hmm. but only you know that it was quick, <laughs> simple, inexpensive. That I like. It's a, it's a faux lobster roll. Exactly. A, yeah. Who, who has to know? No one. <laughs>
<laughs> no one has to know. I'll just be eating it. They'll be like, wow, that girl brought lobster in for her yeah. lunch. I'm like, but it's really salmon, but that's okay. It's still delicious. You know, everyone is crazy about smoked, uh, smoked salmon bagel yeah. with cream cheese. Well, well it's you classic. Can, you can actually turn this into a sandwich for your lunch. So forget about the cream cheese if you want. You buy one leek, you just, you know, cook it slowly with butter until, you know, it's wilted. And, and you will just put this creamy wilted leek on your bagel with your cream cheese and your, your smoked salmon. And everyone will look at you and say, holy, wow, you, you made that? Yes, I did. And it's inexpensive because you can buy just a small amount as you need. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we need sandwich IDs for sandwiches, even if we're alone. I mean, you could be a student, you're two or a couple. You don't want to, you know, to cook a turkey and eat it for, for a month. But things like smoked salmon, you can buy it in very small amounts, frozen. You won't lose any. Mm -hmm. You can keep it in the freezer. So as soon as you're ready, same thing for the leeks. You yeah. can buy leeks now in bags, cleaned, washed, chopped, in frozen bags, you, you oh. just have to saute it in, in, in a bit of butter, and you you know you'll be ready. Yeah, so it, you don't have to. Well, there's there's those little shortcuts. You don't have to do everything. Yeah, I from mean shortcuts scratch. are good. I always say, you know, I have three daughters. I have to pick my battle. So <laughs> after a whole day of working, you're coming back home. You're tired. Yeah. And you have to remember this. I'm, do I want to battle around the table for you know for the whole time we'll have dinner? Uh, when you know that you'll have to put pressure on homeworks or any other things, you have to find solutions where everyone is happy, is happy around the table, and it's going to be a nice moment. Well, well, hopefully it's a nice moment. Sometimes it's just so stressful for people, right? Because it's, it's like it's getting true. home it's and getting true. dinner on the table. It's true, and I always say, you know, your house is not a restaurant. If your child loved that type of sandwich or that type of spaghetti or lasagna, whatever, they want it two times a week, gift it to them. I mean, just serve it to them. They'll be happy, and, uh, and that's going to be it. The, the most important thing is to eat with people. It's funny because at our offices, people are not allowed to eat in, uh, in front of their computer. Well, that's a great you office. Have, you haven't, well, I don't know if it's great, but I know that it's much more productive to say, hey, let's take at least half an hour. And, and just share the lunch and talk about whatever we want. We'll go back to work after. We'll be more creative. We have to take that time for us. Same thing at home. After a whole day of working at school or at your job, whatever we do, it's nice to, to be around the table, even if sometimes we're exhausted. No one, and that, I, you know, experience it every week. You ask a question, and you say, hey, how was it, kids at the school? Mm -hmm. Everyone is happy. Everything was groovy. There was no problem. <laughs> and they're ready to leave. He says, well, nobody leaves. We'll stay around the table, you know, for at least half an hour. Each time it's the same story. After 15 minutes, someone has a story. Then someone wants to add something. And, mm -hmm. you know, 15 minutes before, no one had nothing to say. And then, boom. Yeah, you'll get to know what's going on there, you know, in the backyard of school or at, at the job or something like that. But we have to take, you know, this time. I'm convinced of that. Yeah. Because no, you make a good point, because I think what's happened uh, for a lot of people is that everyone has different schedules. Everyone's busy. They have other yep. things to do. And we've sort of lost that uh, tradition of yep. sitting and around and tough. eating together. It's tough because we have to force ourselves to do it. It's much easier to say, uh, OK, just 
just, you know, you can watch TV as much as you want. That, that'd be easy. But at the end, is it going to serve us as a family or us as a nation? Because we have to remember that it's around the table that you create these traditions that makes us who we are. Mm-hmm. In, in your city, in your town, in your province, everywhere you are, this is what makes us uh, different from any other places in the world. And so it's very important, you know. No, it's great. Well, thank you. You've shared some really fantastic tips. Also, great ways for us to get out of that, you know, bologna sandwich rut. <laughs> some great inspiration. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, I, I'm sure I can turn bologna into something fantastic. I, I think you could, too. Um, so the latest issue, of course, of your magazine, uh, Ricardo, yeah. is out now. Um, some beautiful recipes in there for uh, for back to school, back to routine, and some yeah. great banana bread recipes, too, which I think is always a great uh, favorite oh, comfort I mean, food. We did five different banana cakes from very oh, nice. healthy to, I mean, a dessert. And it's nice. Who doesn't like banana cake? Yeah. And we always buy too much, so I have to find ways because that's an argument. This is my girl. Why do you buy so many bananas every week? I mean, there's too many. So I freeze them and I have to find solutions. So I, I you know, we, we use everything we buy. So. It's the reason to buy too many bananas. You let them get ripe and then you bake with them. Um, <laughs> you've been great. Remember, eh? yeah. just one last thing. Yeah. Happiness is in routine. Sometimes we try to have this firework every day, but if we can find happiness into routine, mm-hmm. even though we can spice it up, then I think we're on the right track to have a beautiful back to school and back to, you know, the standard habits we have. Yeah. No, great, uh, great tips. Thank you so much, Ricardo, for your time. Have a great day. Thanks. Good night. You too. Bye-bye. <laughs> Good night. Bye-bye. So that's uh, Chef Ricardo's magazine, of course. is It's really a beautiful magazine. You should consider picking it up. It's got some great recipes in there. I find myself sort of tearing pages out and, and folding them over. Uh, I'm Pei Chen. I'm in for Vinnie White today and next Sunday as well. Uh, Coming up after the break, I want to know the craziest excuse that you may have used or thought of to, let's say, get out of work, get out of doing something. Or if you have kids, I would love... I love to hear um, your kids' excuses for, like, not going to school. I'll tell you about um, a couple of people who kind of went to the extreme to get out of going to work. You're listening to The Pay Chan Show here on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. Taking a quick break. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the show. I'm filling in for Vinnie White uh, this weekend, next weekend as well. If you want to catch podcasts of the show, you can do so on my website, which is paychen.com. If you missed the first hour of the show at 8 o'clock, you should try to hear the podcast. Um, I had three really talented uh, women on the show, comedians, actors, writers. They do all of that, and uh, and it was a lot of fun. So I highly encourage you to listen to that if you could. Uh, You can always call in. And text as well. So you can call in at 416-872-1010 or text at 71010. I'd like to know the best or craziest excuse you've used or perhaps that you've heard for someone to, let's say, skip work, cancel plans. Maybe it's something your kids have told you to try and get out of going to school. I want to hear uh, the excuses that you've either, if you've used them yourself and been successful, I'd really like to hear from you. Um, or that you've just used to like bail on someone. The other day I was walking, uh, I was walking downtown and I heard a guy on his cell phone and he was canceling plans, which he obviously really wanted to get out of. He's like, yeah, yeah. I, 
I just, uh, no, I don't think I should go tonight. I just, my, my tonsil feels like it's hurting. What, and then I thought like, I bet your tonsil really does kind of hurt because I feel like it was such a weak excuse. At the same time, I was thinking, maybe you're not very inventive. And the first thing you thought of was, yeah, tonsil. Tonsil is a legitimate excuse. Um, there was a 21-year-old supermarket worker in Williamstown, Massachusetts. She didn't feel like finishing her shift one day. She wanted to leave, you know, days dragging on. You're at the grocery store. It's probably you're just tired. You want to go out maybe with your friends. So she uh, called in a bomb threat, which is obviously the most logical thing to do. The supermarket she works at uh, was open until 8 p.m. So it's not even late. It's not even like it was a 24-hour supermarket. So she decided at 6.30 p.m., which is the stupidest thing because you're only an hour and a half away from the end of your shift. It's not like you're five hours away and you're like, ah, I don't feel like being here anymore. So she called in a bomb threat. Management called 911, of course, as you should. And it was like pure chaos. They evacuate the store. They shut it down. They search the premises. And uh, so what happened is like later on, the police were able to use phone records and trace it back to her number. And that was just to get out of your shift like an hour and a half early. That's it. Uh, Elliot, you had a story about trying to get out of work somehow? Yeah, well, you're saying about uh, crazy things to do to get out of work. Um, yeah. In my case, it was thinking that my friend would sound like my dad. Uh, when we, we called into the place I was working at the time, which was a grocery store, and I needed to, I think, get off work to study for a math test I was quite worried about. Mm -hmm. So we cooked up this plan. I was like, yeah, man, you call my boss and pretend you're my dad. And we did. And the guy, my friend basically, who was a teenager like me, just lowered his voice a little bit. And this some, is Elliot's dad. Yeah, it's like, yeah, uh, he's, uh, he's not feeling well. But I mean, imagine a 16-year-old kid. It's not very convincing. And yet, and I could hear the resistance on the other end. <laughs> I could hear my manager be like, what, are you sure? And like, yeah, no, he's not feeling that great. And I mean, the guy bought it or just at least kind of rolled his eyes and was like, ugh. You, you, know. still, you still had a job. I still had it. Okay. I kept it for a little while after that. You know what is conflicting about that story is that you were you wanted to not work because you had to study. Yeah, well, it was something where um, I, I was worried that if I did not pass this math test that I would have to take math again and perhaps not finish high school and perhaps have to work at Loblaws for the rest of my life. Where you would probably need to know a little bit of math. Maybe. Depends. I think, well, you know what? Those, those cashiers, they know the codes yeah. for every item. Of, I am amazed. They have them all memorized. It's true. And right? the machines replacing them uh, know them as well. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Right. Um, also, I wanted to... Oh, Ed Keenan's going to pop into the show and uh, tell us what's coming up uh, on his show at 10 p.m. Um, there's also another... Uh, as I was talking about that story, I found this... Because I just think, what what makes you think that may, it might be a good idea to do something so stupid, like to call in a bomb threat, of all things? Uh, don't forget, you can text in at 71010, share your stories with me about, you know, canceling on someone, getting out of school, or maybe fake calling in sick to work. Uh, but a Florida woman, I don't, honestly, some people are stupid, um, she made up a lie because she did not want to go back to her night. She didn't want to go back to uh, her shift. Uh, she was working a night shift as a nursing assistant. So she called and said that she had been kidnapped. Um, 
She also said she would have been, instead of just, I have been kidnapped. So she pretended to have been kidnapped by her boyfriend. So you are already, you're laying blame on someone. You're calling someone and you're making up a criminal situation. And then you are... You're basically putting the target on someone that they can identify because I'm sure someone would be like, wow, who's her boyfriend? I don't know. Let's go on Facebook and find out. This guy, this guy is now wanted. This guy's wanted for kidnapping this girl. She's a nursing assistant and she's supposed to be starting her night shift really, really soon. So anyway, I don't think she got her job back. She, uh, so they, they found her because she faked her kidnapping by her boyfriend. I don't even know if he knew about it. That'd be kind of funny, I guess. Um, and then she just said, like, well, I made up the story because I didn't want to go back to work. Ah, some people are creative. Right? Sort of. Maybe. A little bit. <laughs> You're listening to the Pay Chen Show here on In-Depth Radio News Talk at 1010. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Ed Keenan will join the show. I also want you to text in and let me know if you're going to the X this year because it just started 7 10 10 uh i will i know that you've probably been hearing a lot about sort of the crazy foods that they do every year i feel like that's what they kind of do to generate some interest i'll tell you about some of the things that they're offering this year at the cne and if you've already been to the x i, I know it was only day three i'd love to hear from you You can call into 416-872-1010 text in 7 10 10 is there something at the CNE this year that you really want to try, like Timbit poutine, for example, or deep-fried red velvet Oreos? Does any of that appeal to you? 71010 is the text. We're taking a quick break here on the Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. Back in a few minutes. Thanks for tuning in tonight. I'm covering for Vinny White, and I will be filling in for him next Sunday as well. Uh, in studio with me now, Ed Keenan, who's coming up at 10 p.m. And uh, I was just asking you before we came on air uh, whether or not you went to the X. I know that's something that you're going to be talking about on your show. Yeah, I do. I do go to the X every year uh, now with my children, but I I have pretty regularly gone. I I grew up in Toronto, so mm-hmm. I grew up going there. Once a year as a little kid yeah, uh, and sort of falling in love with it. And then I worked there as a teenager. What, what did you and do? I, well, first, my first job there was in a candy floss booth. <gasps> so I made, oh. and I learned the secret recipe for cotton candy. What, what is it? Do you want me to reveal the secret yes. recipe for can, cotton candy? Well, what you do is you get this big bag of sugar. It's like the blue or the pink sugar, right? No, no. You get a big bag of white sugar. Oh, okay. And you pour it into... The mixing bucket. Which is that like giant yeah. like, pot looking And then you thing. take a small scoop of blue or pink uh, food coloring. Oh. And you put it in and you mix it in. And then that's the recipe. Then you okay. pour that into the candy floss machine <laughs> and it spins it out. So it's just sugar and food coloring. Okay, you know what? That... And there are some uh, booths I've heard of, some places where they put a little bit of some kind of flavor in it. Uh, okay, that's what I was going to ask. basically the standard candy floss yeah. flavor, the standard cotton candy flavor it's is sugar. sugar. See, I always thought as a child that anything that was a different color was a different flavor. Yeah. And so so sometimes you would like, some places, if you went to like a carnival or a fair, they would let you mix the color. So it might be like pink on the bottom and blue <laughs> yeah. on the top. There's only ever two colors, pink or blue. Yeah. And I was always convinced that... That it's like a swirl of like blueberry and bubblegum. Yes. Like something that they were... That it was strawberry and blueberry or something. I 
oh, I was convinced that it was two different flavors, but now you're telling me that and chances so, are it wasn't. So I did that for two or three years. We sold yeah. cotton candy, candy apples, popcorn. Is that considered uh, one of the more, more fun jobs if you're going to work at the X? Because at the X, I every year, so. high, oh no. <laughs> what was the, like, what would the job you uh, And wanted? then I worked at games, which was actually the job oh, I wanted because I'm a loudmouth, be right? So I wanted to be able to talk into a microphone all day. <laughs> uh, and, and then I got job at, I worked for three or four years. Uh, for two years in a row, I worked every single hour the fair was open. Open no. to close every day uh, for the entire fair. Uh, standing there, you know, just a buck to try your luck. How about it? Who wants in? Who wants to win? It's the happy birthday game and everybody has a birthday <laughs> so everybody can play. How's about it? That's amazing. Do you remember what you were paid? You're, do you remember oh, what you made? Oh, man. No. Minimum wage, basically. I wonder what that um, would have been. For, uh, for that candy floss booth. I started working there when I was 13 years old, and yeah. I think I was making five dollars an hour, five fifty an hour. Oh, that's pretty good. Uh, when I was uh, working at the games, it was whatever minimum wage was at the time, six thirty-five <laughs> or six eighty-five. And then when I agreed to work uh, to manage the booth, which yeah. was to work every hour that the fair was open and Whoa. also schedule my other employees, uh, then it would be like twenty-five hundred for the whole fair. It would be like a flat rate Whoa. lump sum. And I was uh, in university by that point. So I was basically, uh, what I earned for the fair, because I would get paid in one lump sum on the last day. Which is amazing. Uh, would then, at the time, so we're talking like the early 90s, mm -hmm. would just about cover my whole tuition. Like That's great. not all of it, but yeah. on most of it. So it was sort of like I'd take this check, put it in the bank, write yeah. a check to the university, and it was done. And it was, it was all, and, but, and then I was broke again. <laughs> and then you had to find another With job. no voice. <laughs> Hello. I love your carny voice. Hey, it's it was great. fun. It was a lot of fun. And that actually, when I was a teenager, uh, the dream was kind of like that that was sort of like a radio show kind of thing where you're yeah. like, your voice is being amplified. Now you have this very particular objective <laughs> to try and get to people to come in and play the game. Yeah. It's the crown and anchor. <laughs> Hands back from the, yeah. Counter eyes on the wheel. What do we got? What are we going to give you? Crowns. Pay them three to one on the crowns and we going to do it again. I love the ring toss on the milk bottles because it always seems like the easiest one, but it's the one that you can never win a prize <laughs> so at. So easy. It's like, Here's that they give you rings. a giant toy if you if you do it once. Well, I you're like, well, this is easy. It's like it, there's three milk bottles. I get a bunch of rings. I just have like, look, that is yet yeah, it is. You can spend so much money there because you're like, just just one more. Just I can do the, it. Just see, one more. See the best thing about <laughs> the best. I say in the the way that it's not the best. Yeah, the, the thing best, about but the not games best. at the X where you win toys and stuff is mm -hmm. that it's like. You spend thirty bucks or fifty bucks or whatever, to get a ten dollar, getting toy. completely suckered uh, to get a ten dollar toy. But not only that, it's a ten dollar toy you don't want. Like no, there's no, no way you would buy this in the store. In no. fact, it's this this terrible burden to then have to carry it <laughs> around for the rest of the day. Like the bigger the yeah. toy, the more of a hassle it is because you're trying to go on a roller coaster, but you've got this. <laughs> Giant uh, Scooby-Doo. that's bigger than you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's, but the thing is, is that carrying that around for just that day or just that night is essentially carrying a giant hero trophy. It's a status symbol, so a trophy. So it absolutely is, because no one has to know that you spent $50, $80, $100 to win it. They might look at you and go, wow, that guy got that on the first ring that toss. That guy can bottle. knock over a milk can. <laughs> just like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and that's, you're like, I'm... 
I'm gonna I'm gonna win this for my girl. No boy ever won me a toy. I have to tell you that they were never. It'd be like, yeah, spend five dollars. <laughs> we're not walking away with anything. When I worked there, uh, they don't have it anymore. But they used to have these. Maybe they do have it. I just haven't seen it. But they used to have this little, um, not a train. It's like, but it was a train of of electric powered vehicles, like a Becker's cart was yeah. what it was, and. Especially senior citizens and families, it would take you from like one end of the X to the other. Oh, nice! Right, um, and the girls who worked on that, usually teenage girls, when I was a teenager, uh, would work like on the back of that, and they'd mm-hmm. be the ones who like signaled to the driver that they need to stop, and they would uh, tell people, you know, don't put your hands out or whatever. <laughs> yes. Right. Um, those girls were like probably the most popular people on the way because they would be riding by like right. every 20 minutes all day, every day. So everybody else who worked there, like teenage high school boys like me stuck in this little booth with the candy flaws, <laughs> just be waving at those pretty girls going by <laughs> on the Becker's <laughs> cart. And then they'd come back by and you'd hope one day maybe they would come and want some cotton candy and you could try and sneak it for you're them suppo- free. You're supposed, to try and, you're supposed to give them the cotton candy. Yeah, no, to, like, and then, and then the it. big shot guys that you work with. With, like the older teenage guys who are all confident and everything, they'd always like after their shift, they would go and wait for that train and then ride around and chat them up and oh. talk to them and then get to know them and all of that. So, you know, what there's... was the most coveted job at the X? Like, what was the one that everyone wanted, or maybe the guys who, the, the older teens or the ones who'd worked there before? What were you those know jobs? what? I don't even know. I don't, I don't know. Like, I wanted to be a game guy because it yeah. seemed to me like you get it's a bit more fun. Yeah, uh, I think. There were there were some people who liked being those cleaners, which to me seemed like a nightmare of a job, walking around with a little broom and a yeah. hoop basket. But I feel like that's it's a also tough kind one. of like uh, a job where it's easy to not do much if you're the kind of kid who's <laughs> determined to not do much. But or you get to, to walk people. around and talk to everybody, like because yeah, you're walking talk. the whole fair the whole day. Yeah. But I'm not sure like what the most desirable job was. The people who worked on the rides. Uh, at least back then, were almost sort of in a different social caste because right. they were mostly carnies who traveled with right. uh, they're old, to they're different fairs adults. all over the place. Yeah, yeah. they were uh, all adults. And the kind of adults, so, like a lot of ex-cons, there's a reputation for that, but yeah. it, it's not just ex-cons, but it was like the type of people who are like run off and join the circus or run mm-hmm. off with the carnival, like the kind of guys who... Who a at joke. a point in their life yeah. where they're going to spend an entire year traveling from town to town, sleeping in tents, oh. assembling rides running them all day, then taking them down. So, so, but they, they were just like sort of in a different world. Now, the last few years I've been there, the, they seem a little bit like the, the carnies seem to have more teeth and be a bit younger and <laughs> uh, preppier. Uh, so maybe they're An hiring local rehaul, kids now. Perhaps? I don't know. But. Well, because it's always a joke when you're like, I'm going to run off and join the circus. But you actually can do that. Yeah. If you, if you are okay with the lifestyle, and for some people it is just about – Sort of escaping and seeing different towns. You're working the whole time, but you yeah, know. it's having a different life, right? You're it's not totally tied down life. to one place. Your obligations are all to the circus, then I guess, or the carnival, right? <laughs> there's it's something not like dreamy a, about it. But there's no roots because it's not like if if you take off, they're going to have the trouble finding somebody else who can, you know, they're not going to look for stand you. there and check the seatbelts or whatever. No, they're they're just make sure the bar's locked into your lap and you know yeah. all of that stuff. Uh, well, one of the big things I know uh, for the CNE, and also I, I should mention that in the twenty years that I lived in Toronto, I 
I've technically been once, and that was two years ago, uh, but I went on a night when it was pouring rain, so we couldn't go on any rides. It was so wet, you didn't, you couldn't really play the games, uh, so we ended up just kind of like walking around the food hall, which was okay, but it wasn't, I don't think, the proper X experience, because, mm. you know, it would have been nice to, would've been, it would have been nice to spend a few dollars to play a silly game and play, yeah. play that damn ring toss. Go on a roller coaster <laughs> or something. But is the food a draw for you at all when you go? Because some of the food... Not like, for me. For some year, people it is. Every year it's like, I feel like that's the way it the X kind of like draws people in, which is like the games are kind of the same. You know, the rides mm. are kind of the same. Um, but, you know, they're doing things like Chicken waffle on a stick. Well, you, just because you put it on a stick, it's not a different food. Well, I mean, it seemed like extreme foods didn't seem to used to be part of it. Like, they're the traditional a foods, like bit. corn dog and cotton candy and stuff. But then then at one point, somebody was doing, like, chocolate-covered bacon, and it seemed like then and we wound up with that, that year that there was the... Cronut burger? Cronut burger. Where people yeah. got... Well, a couple of things. There's also, like, there's... Um, you know, Poutine balls, deep fried rice pudding, uh, deep fried red velvet Oreos. I just feel like it's, you know, it might be kind of fun to order one one thing. One thing <laughs> is all you need. You don't need to go through, like, there's like 30 different they things to They got a bacon wrap gil- grilled cheese this year. That might be worth trying. I don't know. You know, I would maybe do I'm that I'm going to stick with the corn dog. <laughs> the classic. Yeah. I like the classics. Do you, go, do you ever go buy the games and just feel like, you know what? I could do a better job. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't tell anybody because that chapter of my life is closed. It's closed. That's good. You, you, you've passed the torch. Um, Ed Keenan, of course, is coming up at 10 p.m. Thanks for tuning in tonight, everyone. I'm back for Vinny next weekend as well. Paychen.com is the website. Twitter, Instagram, you can find me there as well, at Paychen. Have a great week, and I'll be back next Sunday.